the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome into the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Welcome to 2024. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management, and we are glad to have you with us as we discuss retirement, working toward retirement, and that is certainly a great topic to focus on anew with a renewed interest as we begin a new calendar year. A lot of things that you can do prior to tax day in April, a lot of things that maybe you didn't get accomplished in 2023 that you say, you know, I'm going to resolve to get those accomplished in 2024. And if you're not saving for retirement, investing really for retirement, because savings is not enough, no better time to start than today. Aptus can help you with that. And one of the best ways they can help you with that is to welcome you into their offices in Lewis Center for a free no-obligation consultation. Set that up by calling their office at 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Or you can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So, Josh, hope you had a great holiday season. Welcome to 2024. And uh, we talked a lot in 2023 about the mixed bag of takeaways that come with the latest headlines. we got the jobs report today. It came in higher than anticipated, 216,000 new jobs, uh, most of them in government and healthcare, not very many of them in manufacturing. But uh, the stock market kind of had a mixed reaction to it, and I can give you the uh, thumbs-up headlines and the thumbs-down headlines that go with this, because uh, it seems like we still have not had the downturn in the jobs market that we expected that would indicate uh, a certain Fed rate cut, which is, I think, what everybody in... um, the financial world wants to see is they want to see those interest rates go down, which would make it easier to borrow money, invest money, and grow the economy. Yeah, and simultaneous, uh, excuse me, simultaneously, uh, we're seeing the Fed come out and say that high inflation is still amongst us. The uh, core inflation that they look at is still at 3.2, and they're saying don't expect any Fed cuts anytime soon. I think the words that they used is there's no autopilot for what we're in currently. So don't think that you can just resolve to the fact that we're going to cut rates at some future date. And you would think that that type of information would throw the market into a little bit of a uh, non-Goldilocks type scenario where we might see a pullback, but that really hasn't been the case. I mean, we haven't had markets surging at the beginning of the year, obviously only a few days into the year, but we haven't had slides either. It seems like no matter what information comes out, whether it's the all-time high deficit that we have or 
Um, the fact that even though we're still in inflationary times and we have this deficit that Biden just announced he's, he's issuing a billion dollars worth of grants to make buildings more energy efficient. It seems like no matter what we do, the market steeps, keeps on soaring forward. And there's a lot of theories on why that is, but it does seem like it doesn't make sense oftentimes. Yeah, it is hard to get a consensus. And part of the reason why it's hard to get a consensus is an example right here. Here's some of the headlines today off this jobs report. Uh, on the good side, uh, we've only had negative job growth in the U.S. five times since the year 2000. So it's not uncommon for us to have more jobs at the end of a calendar year than uh, at the beginning of a calendar year. Uh, this is the most robust job growth since 2015 and the third best since the year 2000. Uh, however, on the other side, for those who want to look at it and say, oh, maybe not so fast, my friend. Uh, well, I'll throw one other good one in there. 3.7% unemployment. This is the longest sustained period of time where we've been under 4% unemployment in decades. Uh, but here we go with the uh, opposite view. The labor participation rate is down uh, to 62.5%. Uh, average hours worked per week is down slightly to around 32 hours per week. And the um, percentage of people who are employed relative to the population rate also fell. So um, we had a lot of predictions that we're going to have a recession in 2023. Uh, <laughs> there's a debate if we did or didn't. We had two, what, two quarters of negative GDP growth, but it was just teeny tiny negatives. And so the view was it's not really a recession. We certainly didn't have the kind of recession that a lot of people were predicting. So volatility, uncertainty, all that still kind of out there, a lot of different opinions, and I think underscores the importance of people really paying attention to their own retirement savings and their retirement investments. Yeah, I think this is truly a story of what colored glasses you look at the information with and how you manipulate the data. You know, there's a joke in my office about when the market goes up, people use percentages. Well, I went up 10% this year. That was pretty good. When the market goes down, people use dollar amounts. I'm down $100,000 because it's more impactful. And I think a lot of times when we look at these types of statistics, it's just that. Well, you know, job growth is is up uh, 100,000 jobs. Well, if that's only 0.1% and the population growth was far in excess of that, it really isn't telling an accurate story. And I think you know, our emotions and in turn how we react can be manipulated by how the numbers are in fact manipulated. And I'm not talking about just brazen lying of the numbers. It's how you say them, right? You know, uh, well, this item, I got it 50% off. Yeah, but I marked it up 75% before I marked it down 50%. That's still, it depends on how I give the information. And I think that when we see these releases, a lot of times it's that. But I don't think anybody questions that there's a overlying, kind of an overriding belief amongst people in the United States that is one of both optimism and pessimism, more so than maybe in previous years. I think we all kind of feel that way. There's always different ways of looking at the economy, but there seems to be a tremendous amount of uncertainty. And that leans back on a lot of things that we talked about. You know, you have jobs numbers, you have the U.S. deficit, you have what's happening geopolitically. And while all those things are happening all the time, and if you can look back through history, and it seems like we always have something arguably cataclysmic happening, it seems like some of the problems we have just keep on building, the deficit being one of them, right? And I hear that conversation a lot. You know, what do, what do we do? 
Yeah, absolutely right. And then we're going to talk about uh, what is now the highest debt ever in the United States, $34 trillion. We're going to dig into that more deeply in the second half of the program. Uh, this is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. It uh, re-airs Saturdays at noon, airs for the first time every week, Friday night at 7 o'clock. And Aptus is located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. We hope you'll take advantage of the free no-obligation consultation that they offer you at Aptus. Make your appointment by calling 614-917-1040. That's 614-917-1040. You can make your appointment online. Their address online, the URL is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Offices are not far at all from 23 and 270. Take you maybe 10 minutes to get there from that interchange, and we'd certainly recommend that you do that. Uh, One of the things that I would say, and, you know, uh, to me it's inarguable that is a better situation now at the end of 2023, as we start on 2024, then some of the periods that we were looking at, particularly like middle of 2023, is that uh, real wages are starting to keep pace with and perhaps incrementally outpace inflation, which when we were back at 9% inflation and real wages were down, I mean, that was crushing. You're talking about $5 a gallon gas, and we're talking about egg prices and grocery prices. And I'm not trying to insinuate that grocery prices now are you know, something that we all are happy with, but it's certainly much better news to see that uh, in some way, the numbers on the real wage side are closer to keeping pace with, and in some cases, incrementally outpacing the uh, increase year over year in the costs that people are paying. Yeah, unfortunately, when we look at kind of economic conditions and even your own wallet at home, We'd like to think that everything catches up instantaneously, but some things lag. And, and that's what happened is it took a lag. You know, I filled up my gas tank yesterday and I think, I think, uh, regular 87 unleaded was $2.45 a gallon, which I can't remember the last time it was $2.45 a gallon. I wouldn't, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't lie to you and say that I pay that close attention to it, but I very distinctly remember when it was over $4 a gallon. Uh, so, you know, it took a long time to get here. So the question is, how much damage did that do to people's budgets where now there might be in a hole and they're trying to dig back out. Um, and I think it really points to making sure you have your house in order, that you have your debt position in order and you manage things appropriately because you don't want to put yourself in a position where just a slight increase in interest rates or a change, a significant increase in interest rates is so tumultuous that you can't dig yourself back out of the hole, which we saw through COVID and through all of these inflationary environments. We saw people going, well, I got to, you know, I had a lease on my car. I got to go to a new car. I got the same car three years newer, and my payment went from $500 a month to $900 a month. Well, that'll hit the bottom line. Uh, so maybe we should start looking at how we purchase things and how we handle our debt position so that we kind of future forecast what that could do to us. Yeah, no doubt. Handling debt and planning for taxes and planning for long-term care later on in life, these are all things that play into your retirement savings. And that is always a dynamic that is changing. I mean, I I know my parents' generation, they didn't really factor in in their retirement long-term care. But now that I've lived through that with them, uh, then you know it's something that I realize that I may need, my wife may need. I don't want to put that burden on my daughters to handle that. These are all things that Josh and the Aptus team can help you with in your financial planning, in your investments for retirement. Get a hold of them and take advantage of that free no-obligation consultation. Again, their number at the office in Lewis Center is 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. I remember hearing in 2023 at various times that the average American household was going to need about 800 to to $1,000 per month more 
per month more, $800 to $1,000, just to keep up with its lifestyle from the previous year. Interestingly enough, I heard uh, a similar uh, uh, kind of parameter today, and the number was $200 a month more. So it's trending back in a positive direction. And one of the things that we talk about at the end of a year, Josh, is as, as many people, 67 million people in America are on Social Security, is the cost of living increase for Social Security recipients. It is 3.2% this year adjusted for inflation, which is nice, $58 a month more in your check. Average check is about $1,770. That's $200 more than two years ago, not because of the 3.2% increase this year, but because of what was an astronomical, I think a record high, 8.7%. In 2023, so not as much of an increase this year, but still an increase to help people who are in retirement and getting Social Security keep up with the rising cost of goods and services. Yeah, you know, but it doesn't take into account some things that affect all of us. For example, when the Fed and essentially when you look at the way Social Security raises uh, its cost of living adjustment, it tends to ignore energy prices. And while we've talked a lot about gasoline and we've talked a lot about food, we can't ignore as we sit here. I woke up this morning. I think it was 17 degrees this morning. Uh, we can't ignore that we still have to heat our homes. And uh, I heat with propane. I live kind of out in the country like you do. But whether you you heat with propane or natural gas, propane is very easy to analyze because I fill up the tank and I know exactly what it cost me to fill up the tank last time. I can tell you my bills are dramatically more than they were just a few years ago um, to the tune of double. So that is still something that's affecting us. The other thing I think is we look at retirees. Uh, individually, is, you know, Social Security isn't always taxed. And how you're taxed on it is based upon your outside income, kind of an interesting phenomenon. I think it's the only thing in the tax code that works this way, where how much money I have outside of Social Security impacts not the rate of my overall tax bracket, but how much of the actual dollars and cents I receive in Social Security are in fact taxed. So if I only live off Social Security, I pay no federal income tax on my Social Security. If I have an additional $50,000 outside of that, well, now up to 85% of my Social Security gets bumped over. Okay, well, that's been that way forever. So why am I talking about it? Because although inflation has climbed as much as it has, those thresholds have not increased at all. So Mm. I need to live on more. But in order to live on more, it makes more of my Social Security taxable. And Social Security has not adjusted how much extra income I can have before it starts becoming taxable. So what we're seeing, and I saw an article that that spoke to this uh, recently, that the required income that retirees need to to live on these days because of inflation has had a very significant impact on how much they have to pay in taxes because tax brackets have not kept up with the radical inflation that we've seen over the last few years. That's really interesting. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of a lot of people. I mean, a couple of things that come to mind. Number one, we have discussed on this program uh, quite often the fact that the the way people get to retirement has changed. Uh, you used to uh, back in my parents' era, you'd work for a company, you work for them for forty years, they had a pension. Your pension, your Social Security was your retirement. Now we see uh, people change jobs a lot more often. Four hundred one ks, pensions have kind of gone away. You're, the burden of saving. Uh, is really falls much more on the individual now than just their association with a company. And then we also see people, A, living longer. And so when people live longer, 
and our and our costs are always increasing. Uh, it used to be a one you know one car did a family. Now you know, pretty much every family is a two car family if they're middle middle income or up. Um, and so your costs are increasing. And so we see people working longer, maybe retiring, but then, uh, you know, I want to, I'm in the service industry. I was in sales. I can still work part-time in sales. So build that out for us a little bit for somebody who is retiring or working toward retirement. They're starting to, they've made the decision on when they're going to take their social security. Uh, how much can they make without having their social security taxed? They've maybe had a vision of, well, I'll get to a certain point in my life. I'll be able to work. 20 hours and make X number of dollars because I'll be getting 1770 a month in Social Security and the government won't tax that. But whoops, bad surprise. If you make X, they will tax it. Yeah, there's really two things that you have to look at when you're speaking about Social Security. Number one, how much will I be taxed on my Social Security? And then number two, will there be any sort of recapture of my Social Security based upon my age and income? So let's cover the last one first because it's easier. If you retired prior to full retirement age, or by retire, I mean you start collecting your Social Security, and then you go back to work, you have an income threshold that you're allowed to make before they start literally recapturing your Social Security. And for ease of math on the show here, it's about $20,000. So if I'm under the age of 67 for most, and I go back to work, but I collected my Social Security, and I make more than $20,000 in outside earned income. So I'm not talking about pensions. I'm not talking about investment income, IRA distributions, but earned income from work. Every $2 I make over that, Social Security will recapture $1. Now, here's the unfortunate part about that, Bruce, is how are they going to find out that you made the money? Well, when you file your tax return. Yeah, sure. Let's say I got a job in January of 2023. And they're not going to ding my Social Security for all of 2023 until I file my taxes in 2024 in April. And it's the government, so it's probably going to take them a little bit to kind of connect the dots and get all the, the respective people on the same page. I'm going to get a love letter probably towards the tail end of 2024 that says, hey, oops, just send us a check for ten, twenty, thousand dollars whatever it is, to repay us back for what we shouldn't have paid you. That's a love letter you don't want to receive. But more importantly, I've unfortunately seen too many people do math where they say, I'm going to retire now because I've done the math where if I just combine my Social Security with this extra $40,000 a year I can make doing consulting, I'm making more money than I was working and I'm only working half the time. Sounds really good and sexy. Unfortunately, 40 is over 20. So you just lost $10,000 with your Social Security by our you know simple math. Yeah, and these are the kinds of decisions, uh, these, as Josh said, this kind of quote unquote love letter you do not want to get. And the way that you can insulate yourself against that is to have a fiduciary. And that is what Josh and the Aptus team are fiduciaries. They are legally obligated to do what's best for you is to not proceed down a road that you think is going to take you somewhere. Meet with Josh and his team, take care, uh, take advantage of the free consultation, no obligation that you have with them to uh, get the right answers, the accurate answers to know what's out there rather than like you wouldn't drive around a corner at night with your headlights off and wonder what's around the corner. No, you want to turn your headlights on and preferably you'd like to know what's around that corner because you've traveled the road before or you've asked someone what's around that corner. So this is the value of the free consultation that you can get at Aptus 
1040. You can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And it's interesting, Josh, I had this conversation with a guy that I work with that I sell flooring for, and he's getting to that age where he wants to retire. And he was like, you know, I'm going to start collecting my social security. And I'm like, are you sure that the government's not going to take it because, you know, you're probably going to make over what they're going to allow you to make without taking some of it. And that was a new concept to him. And I think it's a new concept to a lot of people. They get to the point where they think, hey, you know, I've earned this. I put it away. I'm never going to get as much as I contributed. But there's a nasty surprise out there. And you touched earlier on uh, the amount of income that people need in retirement never being higher than it is now. Some of that is a factor, I'm sure, of inflation and rising costs. And some of it is we have things that we need to plan for, like long-term care that we didn't have to plan for before. But what are some of those numbers and what are some of those things that people need to know as they reach the age where they think, hey, I'm good to go, man. I can retire. I'm fine. And whoa, uh, maybe you didn't consider this or that factor. Yeah, you know, there's some, obviously we just covered, there's some income thresholds that you can bust through that cause certain problems based upon when you retire. Uh, taxes are a huge issue, but let's just address one other one, which is really easy. It's minimum required distributions. So you said that times have changed over the years and we used to live on pensions and now it's kind of all in our, in our, our own hands and we have to deal with that. Well, how we've dealt with that over the years is by putting the lion's share of our retirement savings into 401ks and IRAs. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a delayed product, essentially, for paying taxes at some future date. So the government has not collected their tax dollars on those monies yet. You've been deferring those taxes. And at some point, the government says, enough's enough. We want our money. So they force you to take what's called minimum required distributions. Now, this is certainly a first world problem for many. You're going to make me take money that I don't want to take that I don't need. Well, you know, cry me a river, right? You're in a great spot. You have more money than you need. But what what problems can it cause? Well, one would be the amount that you have to pay for Medicare is based upon how much income you have. So Medicare is not the same price for everybody. As a matter of fact, it can be somewhere between about $175 a month all the way up to about $500 a month. And that difference is based upon how much income you have. So if you're forced to take money you don't otherwise need, and pay taxes on it that you didn't want to pay, now you might have to pay more on Medicare taxes. It can also kick you into, if you make too much money, you can end up having to pay a surtax on your net investment income of up to 3.8%. So what ends up happening is you go, okay, I did everything right. I've been saving. I've been putting money away just like I was supposed to. I haven't really been paying attention to where I've been putting it away. I've just been a very good saver. I think sometimes there's misconceptions of who's a good investor and who's a good saver. Uh, we all want to be good savers, but not everybody's a good investor. So we just invest our money. We save our money. We put it away for a rainy day, and we know at some future date we're going to need it. And now the time comes and we say, I'm ahead of schedule. I have this pot of money at the end of the rainbow, and I can't wait to live off of it. And then in turn, we can end up taking money out of that and almost penalizing ourselves versus our neighbors because, well, I didn't see that coming. Now I have to pay taxes on my Social Security. So that cost me $5,000. It didn't cost somebody else. Oh, now my Medicare premium for my wife and I is an extra $3,000 a year. And you start racking all of these individual things up, and all of a sudden it doesn't look as rosy as it did before. So what would you say to somebody who makes the call, 614-917-1040, they come into Aptus, they sit for the free consultation, and they say to you, hey, Josh, it feels like, you know, I've been a client of yours, uh, you know, or I've been a client somewhere else, or I, I, I've been a client of yours, maybe they know you, they're an existing client, I've I've done what you know, seems to be everything right. And it feels like I'm getting dinged here for doing everything right. 
Uh, you touched, I think, the last time we spoke about the Secure Act 2.0 that maybe, uh, if my recollection is correct, might mitigate some of those things that maybe seem like penalties to somebody who's done everything right. They do. Yeah, the Secure Act did make minimum required distributions uh, a little bit less of an issue because now you don't have to take them until a later age. Uh, but to answer your question simply about, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing everything that I should have been doing. And what could you possibly do different for me that my current advisor isn't doing? Well, I think this is good and bad for us. We very much specialize in one area, and that area is one of retirement income planning. So when it comes to things like what are the thresholds for the Medicare limit, et cetera, these are things we deal with every single day. Uh, doing Roth conversions to lower and mitigate the issue of taxes, unwanted taxes lower uh, later in life, uh, preserving your estate for your kids. These are things we really, really focus on when it comes to things like, how do I save money for my kid's college? I'm 30 years old and I just had a baby. Uh, while we can give you direction there, that is quite frankly not something we specialize in. And there's probably people that do a better job of that. But in our wheelhouse, uh, we can really fine tooth, uh, comb some things and improve it for you. Yeah, and uh, my wife and I have certainly found that to be true. We sat for the free consultation, and my wife handles all our money. She's a CPA. Uh, everything, I, I trust her entirely, and she was like, wow, we're going to definitely uh, become Aptus clients. We have. We're very satisfied with it. Investigate that possibility today for yourself. 614-917-1040. 614-917-1040. Thank you for joining us here on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Aptus located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, easy to get to, and they make it easy for you to investigate the possibility of becoming an Aptus client like my wife and I are. Just sit for the free consultation, no obligation at all. Let them get to know you, and you will get to know them, and you can talk about where you are in your retirement planning, your retirement investing. It's not enough to save you have to invest with the way prices have increased over the years and the things that we need to plan for now that we didn't have to plan for in the past, like long-term care, certainly investment and prudent investing, and a plan, a blueprint for retirement is very, very important. Josh and his team can help you with that. So reach out and take advantage of that free consultation. 614-917-1040 is their number. 614-917-1040 to set up that consultation. You can also make your appointment online at their website, which is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Wealth. Dot com And Josh, as uh, we have discussed many times before, uh, everybody's at a different place on the retirement continuum. Everybody has a different strategy. The younger you are, the earlier you start, the better off you are. If you delay too long, uh, you miss important windows and important benchmarks in getting to the amount of money that people are going to need in retirement. And let's talk about uh, maybe some numbers that I think will probably scare people who are in their 40s. Uh, a survey that you were telling me about that uh, set a number that people in their 40s will need when they reach retirement. That number was quite a bit higher than the number that I've typically heard, which is the $1 million number. Uh, that doesn't sound adequate based upon what you told me you saw in this particular survey. Yeah, well, I think surveys and statistics, you need to take them with a grain of salt. We've talked about that a lot. Um, and it wasn't that this particular survey said this is what people need. It was that they surveyed people in their 40s and asked them two questions. How much money do you think you need saved to feel wealthy? 
And the number was $1 million. So that's the number that you were probably referencing just now. Of course. Then Everybody they asked him to a, be a millionaire. Absolutely. And then they asked him a subsequent question. How much money would you require to feel worry-free? Quote, unquote. And the number was $2.7 million. So almost three times as much to be worry-free. So I guess wealthy and worry-free are two distant things. Now, why am I even sharing this information? Because there was more kind of subsequent information in that article talking about the survey that I hadn't necessarily thought of before. One was that people in their 40s are now considered the sandwich generation, which I hadn't heard that concept. No, nor had I. I've heard of Gen Z and let's see, uh, there's Gen X and uh, there's obviously the baby boomer generation, Gen Y. Uh, what is the sandwich generation? The concept of the sandwich generation, and maybe this is coined just in this article, but is that for the first time in relative history, we have a generation of 40-year-olds whose parents didn't necessarily prepare themselves for retirement as well as the parents before, large in part because of what we've talked about in the past, the uh, kind of demise of the pension. So the people who are now retiring are kind of that first-run generation of people that had to do it on their own through their own savings. And a lot of people didn't do as well as they should have. So people in their 40s oftentimes are helping support the retirements of their parents, while simultaneously people in their 40s are raising arguably the most expensive generation of kids in history. Why are they the most expensive generation? Well, look at housing costs. Yep. If you want to have kids, you got to have a bigger house. Look at all the costs, food costs. We've been talking about inflation. Imagine I have three boys, two of which are teenagers. I assure you food costs are much higher with three boys in your house than than when it's just you and your wife. So the costs of raising kids have gone up. And then you have people in their 40s not trying to give everybody an out and make them feel like they can be victims. But at the same time, they're kind of stuck in the middle trying to figure out how am I going to support all of this? And apparently their crude math has given them an answer of $2.7 million is the only way they can support all of this. Well, yeah. And I mean, you think about like, I think we all have in our own mind, like benchmarks for what things cost or even big ticket items cost. Like I can remember uh, 20 plus years ago, I bought a new truck and I was able to get it for under $20,000. You can't touch that. Uh, I can remember what my parameters were for a manageable credit card bill every month. I mean, that's shot through the roof. I have daughters, one in college, one getting ready to go to college. The college my one daughter wants to go to, uh, looked it up online. The annual cost of attending this particular college is what I remember I used to look at uh, and see attached to universities like Harvard and Duke. And believe me, the place she's looking at is is not does not have the reputation of a Harvard or a Duke. So I can understand uh, why that 2.7 million number is a number that people need to feel uh, comfortable or confident or whatever. Was there anything in the survey or anything you can tell people, potential clients of yours or clients of yours, about how they can maybe gain back some peace of mind, which I've talked all the time about how my wife and I became clients because we just felt like we gained peace of mind having you and the Aptus team managing our investments for our retirement. Uh, what kind of alleviates people's concerns that might leap to mind when they see that or, or when they state that $2.7 million number that they need to feel comfortable? Yeah, the two things that kind of jumped off the page of both what they felt would make their lives better on one hand that they haven't done. And on the other hand, people that had done these things statistically gauged themselves as much more worry-free, regardless of the amount of income they had. And one was having a plan. 
So, and I think oftentimes that's the most difficult thing to do, right? If you look at a, a, a catastrophic scenario, you know, there's a car wreck and there's a bunch of people just standing around going, what do I do? What do I do? And then somebody shows up from an ambulance and they go, give me this, give me this, give me this. It makes immediately everybody feel better because somebody's taking charge because they have a course of action. Well, similarly with your finances, it can become overwhelming and you just almost throw your arms up in the air and go, I don't know. Uh, so as soon as you have a plan that makes people feel better and percentage wise, how much better? Almost two times better. Uh, so that's pretty significant. And the second one was, um, and this may sound self-fulfilling, but I'm just going off of the article from MSN Money, and it just happens to point in my direction. Um, 76% of people said they felt a lot less worry when they were working with a professional. So again, having that plan, having the guidance, and knowing that you're taking steps. I would probably put this akin to, um, you know, you're worried about your health. Do you feel better when you go get blood work and you find out you're okay? Obviously, you feel better. Was that free? No, it's not free. You have to go pay for it. Uh, but what is the value of that to you? And I think the same applies to finance. Uh, let me take people behind the curtain a little bit. Like I, I'm not ready to retire, but I am getting to the point where I knew I couldn't make a mistake. Uh, and my wife is younger than me, uh, but you know, I don't want my wife working to support me in retirement. So we went in, we met with Josh, and I think people might have in their mind this uh, belief that I'm going to go into a financial planner and he's going to tell me what to do. Well, that's not exactly how it worked with our consultation with Josh. We had a conversation. He gauges our tolerance for, uh, you know, volatility and what we want to accomplish and where we are. And then I vividly remember when you presented to us like, a blueprint, a plan, like you talked about, a strategy, whatever people want to talk about, with two distinctly different um, charts or courses that, uh, depending upon our tolerance for risk, our tolerance for volatility, one would lead us to a certain place, one might lead us to a certain place. And we never felt like we were being told what to do or we being forced to do something we didn't want to do. And I think that's important for people to understand about the consultation that they can set up when they call your office at 614-917-1040, Josh, is that it's a process, it's a conversation, and you'll present uh, scenarios to people that then hopefully, you know, I think for us, it was easy to arrive at the same uh, viewpoint that you had, but uh, this is not something that you're forcing down people's throats and, uh, and, and, and they don't come away from it feeling great about it or they're feeling uncertain about it. In our case, it was like, yeah, you presented options to us that we didn't even know existed. Yeah. Nobody's life should uh, tracks the same way, right? I mean, if you look throughout your life, it's different than your neighbors, et cetera. So nobody has the same plan necessarily. Does that mean that the concepts and the rules of finance apply? Yeah. I mean, if I apply a 3% uh, interest rate to your account, it's going to be a 3% interest rate, whether you're with me or somebody else. I think the big difference is it's your choice of what plan you want. And quite frankly, not everybody should be invested hyper-aggressively in the stock market, for example. Um, there are a lot of clients that I have that absolutely are, and that's fine. Um, and, and again, not to pull back the curtain too strong, but I wouldn't say that you and your wife are significant risk takers. So what do you do? You say, here's one path, here's another path, and here's another path, and here's the destinations. And if you're happy with one of the destinations by having lower risk, then that's absolutely your choice. 
Or some people would say, I would rather save $100 a month and take lower risk and end up at the same point than if I took higher risk and saved $100 less a month. That is your choice. But I think the importance is, again, pointing back to that survey that we talked about, is I need to have a plan. And I need to feel comfortable in the plan. And then I need to have accountability to follow through on the plan. And I think having an advisor makes you feel comfortable in the plan. But part of my job, either fortunately or unfortunately, just like having a trainer at the gym, is keeping you accountable to show up at 5.30 a.m. and keeping you accountable to invest. Uh, and don't show up to my office at 5.30. I'm talking about the uh, yeah. the trainer. Uh, but keeping you accountable to uh, to actually follow through on the plan. Well, and yeah, and that that's uh, absolutely true. And uh, the thing about, you know, your role as a fiduciary is you are legally required to do what's best for your client, but your client also has to follow through on what the blueprint is. I mean, you can have a great blueprint for a new home if the architect doesn't follow it, if the builder doesn't follow what the architect tells them to do, it's not going to work. So there's responsibility on both sides. Now, I think what scares people and what scares me is I feel a degree of personal responsibility for the decisions that I make as they affect, you know, uh, if if we stopped if we stopped saving, if we stopped investing, that would be on me. What scares me now that I have the peace of mind from knowing I have a professional like you and your colleagues uh, taking care of our investments is something that happens outside of your control, outside of my control. And the number that scares me is our federal debt. And I keep hearing about our federal debt skyrocketing. It's at $34 trillion. Back in 2008, uh, we had a housing crash. We've had the dot-com bubble burst. We've had depressions. We've had recessions. There are some things that, first of all, that underscores to me the need to have a financial uh, counselor, a financial uh, analyst, and investment uh, guy like yourself on it because you see those things coming in advance and help us bulletproof our portfolios for those. But the debt thing scares me, Josh. I just, I just don't feel like, because in my personal financial world, I can't run up debt and be prosperous long-term. Our government can do what I can't do. They can print money, and they do print money. But is there something that uh, there's a consensus on, or if you're, free, if you're comfortable offering your own thoughts about where we are progressing toward and what the ramifications and fallout might be from that mounting federal debt. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's not a day that goes by where somebody doesn't bring up the debt. And usually subsequently following that conversation, it's how can I keep money in the U.S. dollar, right? But the debt, you're right. It doesn't seem like anybody cares. Uh, matter of fact, we just printed, what was it, 5 or $6 trillion over the last few years. So the outstanding debt is $34 trillion, and we just printed six of it in the last few years. And everybody goes, well, who cares? Um, but if you really look at that debt, there's about 34 trillion in outstanding public debt. However, about 7 trillion of that is kind of misleading because it's really what the government owes itself. It's kind of like uh, a trust fund slash funny money, meaning like outstanding debt as it applies to things like social security and outstanding debt as it applies to, um, we just, you know, move some zeros on a balance sheet to make it kind of creative. So really the outstanding debt is about 27 trillion, but Still, $27 trillion is a crazy amount. So uh, Penn Wharton, pretty smart school you were talking about. I can't even imagine what that annual amount is if your daughter wanted to go there. But nobody's going to argue that Penn uh, Wharton doesn't know what they're talking about. They actually came up with something called the Penn Wharton budget model. And modeling the federal debt is nothing new. Matter of fact, if you go all the way back to, I think it was uh, 
Diamond and Aura Block or some crazy name started back in the 60s. And this has kind of gone on and on and on to now, how does the Congressional Budget, budget Office kind of look at debt? And really the Penn Wharton model is has kind of been picked as the gold standard. So this is what they say. They say that the current debt is about 98% of GDP. When the debt hits 200% of GDP, and I'm going to, I'm actually going to read this because they say this so specifically, I don't want to get it wrong. Under current policy in the United States, the United States has 20 years for corrective action, at which point, if they take no action, no amount of future tax increases or spending cuts could avoid the government defaulting on its debt, whether explicitly or implicitly. What that means is if we keep doing what we're doing and we take no action, I hate to say it this way, it's very dramatic, and I promise at the end of this because it sounds like doomsday or stuff, I will give my advice on what I think you should do so you don't get wrapped up in your dollars being worth nothing. But what it says is if we keep doing what we're doing, in 20 years, there is no riding the ship and all U.S. treasuries, all that money we borrowed to other countries, all that money that we borrowed, we're going to default on it. We can't afford it. And they went further to then say, well, what if interest rates go up or down and how does that affect it? And of course, it moves the needle one direction or the other. Uh, but what this says is once we hit a certain threshold, we're smoked. So we have to do something in the next 200 years. What are some of those things we have to do? We have to correct Social Security. We have to do something. We have to rein in our budget to some degree. Now, I think I said in the first segment that here we are talking about we have no money, but we're spending a billion dollars to make places more energy efficient so that they're not using, quote, dirty energy. And I'm, I have young kids, Bruce. I'm all about green energy as much as the next person. But when you say things like in 20 years, we're going to default as a country, we really have to focus our efforts on what is most important for the virility of the U.S. economy. So, you know, I hate to say, people say, what's going to happen with the debt? It's kind of like people say, what's going to happen with Social Security? And the answer is somewhere around 2032, Social Security is going to, the trust fund's running out of money. Well, in this example, sometime around 2044, we're going to default on our debt if we don't do anything different. So I want to pursue what I heard you say to see if it's accurate. Uh, you said we're right now 98% of GDP with our debt. Correct. Okay. So did the article say that once we get to 200%, once our debt becomes 200% of GDP, that that's where there's no turning back? Correct. And so obviously we have no compunction about racking up more debt. We've done it for quite some time and we amped it up on steroids during the pandemic. So we have time to turn back, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's taken us as a country 245 years to get to the point where we're 34 trillion in debt. I'm afraid that the people who have the capacity to control this will look at it and go, ah, 245 more years, like, or even the pace we're going another hundred years, I won't be here and I won't have to suffer the electoral consequences of continuing down this road. Because I think that's what it is, Josh, is as I assess it, and both parties are guilty of it, I'm not trying to be partisan here, is that nobody wants to take a responsible financial position and risk 
the electoral consequences for being the bad guy who makes us live within a federal budget. Yeah, budgets always increase, they never decrease, right? And uh, you're absolutely right. If you look at it as a partisan issue, the, the deficit's gone up every single presidency for the last 50 yeah. years. Yeah. So you can't blame a president. You know, the growth rate maybe has been different. Um, but, you know, I think, can it be corrected? Well, let's euphorically look at how it could be corrected. You know, if you look back at the late 90s, uh, something that really helped out the Clinton administration, for example, with their budgeting was we had this little new invention called the personal computer that ended up in everybody's house. Then we had the Internet. And these were kind of pretty big things that created, uh, you know, occupations that never existed before. So theoretically, we could have some sort of technological advance that could boost GDP by 50 percent. Right. Well, that would be boy, that would buy us some time. And, and man, I hope that really happens. But. I'm with you. I don't think anybody's going to handle it until they have to, just like I don't think anybody's going to handle Social Security until they have to. So how can you handle this? Well, you can, you know, start burying bunkers in your backyard <laughs> and be a prepper and think that it's all going to be, you know, Armageddon and uh, revelation, you know, revelations in the Bible. Right. Yep. Buy gold. Everybody wants to buy gold. Everybody wants to buy gold. Um, but there are easier ways to look at this. So let's look at Zimbabwe, for example, or look at Venezuela or any of these places that have crazy inflation. They have stories of, I went to the front of the grocery store and apples were, you know, a dollar. And by the time I took it to the cash register, they were $2. So what didn't lose value, your money or the apple? Well, the yeah. apple didn't lose in money, right? So this is the big thing that we, you and I talk about all the time of investing versus saving. And saving is good. We need to have an emergency fund. We need to make sure that if we lose our jobs, we have some liquid cash. But ultimately, we should save. So let's use an example. And I don't care what you or we should invest, rather. You know, we could argue about what's a better investment, real estate versus stocks versus X versus X. But you want to invest as much as you possibly can in things that would inherently be an inflation hedge. So, for example... If Coca-Cola, and I use them as an example all the time, and I apologize for that, but it's very easy to understand. If inflation goes through the roof, is it fair to say that a can of Coca-Cola is going to get more expensive? Absolutely. Yes. Well, if that gets more expensive, is it safe to say that profit margins, if they're a percentage, will go up? I think the so, The profit yeah. will go up. So the point here is you should be investing and not just saving. Does it mean run out and buy gold? Well, what you're saying right there is I think that gold is going to outpace cash. All right. Well, you might be right. You're probably right. Maybe you're wrong. But either way, you haven't invested in anything that generates income for you. All you've done is preserve the value of your capital. Well, here we try and grow the value of your capital relative to inflation. So again, there's a myriad of investments you can do there, but all of them fall into the category of investing versus just saving. So don't panic. Um, if you look at the best example, I was talking to my business partner today um, and and another company, and I said, I just happened to get this statement and I've kept this stock forever. When I was when I graduated high school, one of my graduation presents was fifty dollars in Coca-Cola stock. No kidding. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only reason I never sold it is because he gave me physical shares and I, you know, typical 18 year old kid, I lost them. And to re to get the shares to be able to sell them, I got to pay fifty bucks. Well, when you only have fifty bucks in stock, you're not going to pay fifty bucks to sell fifty bucks. So I've just kind of kept it. And by the time uh, I would have paid the fifty bucks, well, then I didn't really need the money and I didn't care. So I've just kind of left it alone. So I graduated high school in 1996, uh, 45 years old. Uh, I got the statement yesterday. It's worth five hundred dollars today. 
So if you do the math on that, that's averaged 9% per year, roughly uh, rounded. So I didn't do any sort of crazy investing. That's just somebody gave me some shares of Coca-Cola. Has that kept pace with inflation? It's far drastically exceeded the pace of inflation. If I would have put that in the highest yielding savings account I could find, would that have kept pace with inflation? No Absolutely chance. not. So the point is, come up with a plan and invest and then quit worrying so much and you'll be fine. Yeah. And these are the kinds of things that Josh and his team help you understand when you sit for your free consultation. Uh, set that up by calling their office in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. You can make your appointment online at AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. I know a lot of people may say, well, all I have is a piece of paper. No, you have a piece of the company. When you own stock in Coca-Cola or Amazon or Apple or whatever company, they're a publicly traded company. You own a share of that company and you want to obviously make prudent investments in good companies. You don't want to load up on Enron stock or, you know, whatever. You want to make good choices. And that's why the value of a fiduciary, somebody who's legally obligated to do what's best for you, somebody who is paying attention to this closely every day, cannot be undervalued. You don't want to make a mistake with your retirement savings, particularly if you're in the age bracket that I am or you're. 60 years old and you want to get to retirement and have that peace of mind my wife and i certainly gained that by sitting with josh and having the conversation and a meeting of the minds a prudent blueprint for our future 614-917-1040 614-917-1040 josh is always great to talk with you and we look forward to talking to you again next week you as well thanks bruce The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.